Welcome, Welcome to the Harlan Legs Podcast. I beat you to it by a split second. Conquer Radio. It is 2023. It's a new year. I haven't seen, haven't seen you and well, I guess I've seen you this year. Yeah, you actually so have seen me this year. Does it work for you? I was at your house yesterday. <laughs> it works. It's great for the first two Sundays. I know, year. I know. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen you in a whole year. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, well, we're, we, this Sunday we talked about, um, this past Sunday, on January 1st, you know, 2023, we actually talked about something epic. We did. Our vision. We did. We talked about the vision 2025. We have two years left of this vision, right? Well, so, yeah. I mean, it's, it's at it's least a, it's a vision from, <laughs> yeah. from like 2,000 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty <laughs> so, much. Yeah. It's, it's the biblical rendition of how we're, how we as a church, believe we need to operate and and uh to fulfill the great commission. yeah seek the lost so yeah, yeah. absolutely That's so what the, are what are those five points uh the five points are number one we want to introduce people to jesus christ yep that's huge number, that's, number two uh, we'll go through them so we don't forget yeah set one serve one have a service mentality uh number three embrace a culture of honor number mm-hmm. four multiply over generosity and number five remain relevant yep so those five things are what are spearheading what we're doing as a church for the next, you know, to infinity and beyond, as in the famous immortal words of Buzz Lightyear. So, but the truth is, like, that's what we're, why we're doing what we're doing. That's the the impetus for why we do wait, certain wait, things wait. at our church. Are those immortal words of Buzz Lightyear? I think they are, yeah. yeah I think I mean, they will be. It's immor- immortal it's, it's from to infinity from and before beyond. No, immortal beyond. doesn't mean till to. The beginning of time. It just means till the end of time. But but are the words immortal? I mean, yeah. Animated movie. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Or will they die off of yeah. the generation yeah. that forgets about Buzz Lightyear? Mm, I don't think so, because Disney's going to keep making movies that Question. keep Buzz Lightyear relevant. Producer Mark, what do you think from across the room? It's an interesting... So that's a no. Yeah. Immortal. Yeah, that's a that's a no. That's a, yeah. that's a just Mark, like Kachow. Mark is, is a no. Lightning McQueen and Kachow. Mortal. It's definitely oh, mortal. mortal. Yeah. Eventually, there's going to be a generation that has no idea. Who I, think I think you're probably finding something that was just a statement. Yeah. But whatever. So I mean, I've seen the 100. So uh, I know that eventually this generation will go away. You mean the the, the, Planet the, of the, TV, the TV that has been filmed in the present? Yeah. I've seen Planet of the Apes. Eventually, the the you know Statue of Liberty is going to get buried by sand. We've, we've gone far away from our topic. Yeah. yeah. So back to introduce people to Jesus Christ. Um. Oh my goodness! I gotta have I gotta have some coffee. So why we do what we do? We introduce people to Jesus Christ. That's number one. Everything we do is set up so that we can build relationships with people and introduce them to Jesus Christ. And we think that building relationships with people is a big part of that process because I know you and I believe this. It's 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 easier to have a lasting impact in somebody's life and in their faith when you have a relationship with them and you can show them the love of Jesus rather than just talk to them, right? Like we always say, you can't disciple people from stage. It's like relationships are the cornerstone of introducing people to Jesus. Yeah. I've never seen someone hold up a John three sixteen sign in the back of a football stadium and someone be like, that's what saved me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, uh, nobody's origin story. I mean, I I don't mind that people do that stuff. Like, I don't think that is not really introduce people to Jesus Christ. Yeah. That is, that is, that may be a bold witness, yeah. but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're introducing them to Jesus. Yeah. So. I think it, I think sometimes we confuse witnessing, um, pub, like witnessing by by act or deed as actually introducing people to Jesus Christ. 
Christ. So yeah. I don't know that you're actually introducing people to Jesus Christ by wearing a Christian T-shirt or putting a God sticker on your bumper. Mm. Uh, that's not really an introduction. That's a bummer. That's, that's marketing. Yeah. No, I would agree. And I, I, I think that I think one of the things that I know that we talk about our youth ministries, it's it's different. It's really different to have a relationship with somebody and show them what Jesus love looks like and then introduce them to Jesus because it has more merit, right? Like if, if I have yeah, it's a, relation- a relationship event. Exactly. Yeah. So in there I mean it's not saying that you can't go and hand out tracks and that's a bad thing, but it's it's not necessarily effective because introducing somebody to Jesus with no relationship or no proof of Jesus work in your life is not always the best or most fruitful endeavor. Or no follow up. Yeah. Right? Oh, absolutely. What's the point of telling somebody about Jesus and never following up with them again? Like, just, you know, a lot of churches, that's one of my frustrations with the with church as a whole. Some churches just are all about having that conversation with people where they accept Christ, but then they don't do anything further to make sure that that, that, is, that is a real, you know, real salvation, that, yeah. that that person means it, that they understand what they're, what they're doing, understand how to move forward in a relationship with the Lord. And so, um, you know, our goal, our vision is not to just check off a box and say, well, we had we had 20 people this year say that they're, they're new Christians. We want to see them have life changed by Jesus. And so introducing the people to Jesus Christ is really building relationships with them that walks through the stages in the journey with them. Yeah, I've always, I've always been bothered a little bit by the metric. I understand that metric because I think as churches we do need to have some kind of understanding. <clears throat> of what kind of impact we're having. But to me, it's like the number at the end of the year of this many people accepted Jesus. I don't know that that's a true metric of whether or not what you're doing has lasting impact either. No, because if you're, if you say you had 20 new people accept Jesus and your church's attendance has not changed, did you? Yeah. That was always a frustration when I grew up in church. They, they would send out the, the monthly, um, how's every church doing? And you would get like, you know, we went to a very large church in the, in the conference in the denomination. And so you could see how many baptisms they had, how many salvations they had. And then like, you'd see all these churches with like tons of baptisms and salvations, but their church attendance either didn't change or went down every year. And like, that's really, if you are having that kind of life change in people's lives, your church should be growing, it should be flourishing. And yeah, there's other factors, but not, not as many times as I've seen them. And as talking to pastors, the factor is those you, the goal is not just to get people to say, oh, I believe in Jesus, and then walk away from that conversation and be unchanged. It's to really introduce them to Jesus so they have an ongoing relationship with him. That's our goal. And to bring up our second piece, I think I think part of having a genuine relationship with Jesus is is displayed by your heart for service. So like when we talk about our second one is sit one, serve one. When we talk about that, that's the real tangible evidence that God is doing something in your life because you want your heart learns best through your hands, right? Like you want to engage in some kind of service to the church, some kind of service to the kingdom of God that is bigger than yourself. And you, you're willing to sacrifice. You're willing to give up time. You're willing to give up whatever it is that you think you're, you know, is more important that, that will be something that is important to you. It comes from a place of growth. Yeah. So, you know, always, once you once God is has in in your heart, you want to serve Him. I think this. I think this. I I my dad said this to me, and I love this. So, um, 
you can serve and not be a Christian, but you can't have a relationship with Jesus and not serve. That's true. Right? Like, yeah. you can go and volunteer just because you want to, because that's the kind of person you are. But if, if you claim that you have a relationship with Jesus and you're not serving in some capacity, I would question the validity of your relationship with Jesus. Because a relationship with Jesus spurs us to a place where we have, we, we, and deep in our heart, we are, have a desire, burning desire to serve the kingdom because we are, we are returning back the love and that the grace that was given to us by showing that in a tangible way to the people around us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're changed by Jesus, truly changed, you're going to serve to infinity and beyond. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but what about our third, our third point, our third point? Uh, if you're also changed by Jesus, a true, changing relationship with Jesus. Not only will you want to serve, but you'll want to be different in the way that you interact with people and love them. That's, yeah. that's honoring others. Your interactions will change. And we've, we've talked about the culture of Ronnie here on the podcast before, but just real quick to recap, it's um, the acronym CARRY. So it's care about what the people you care about care about. Assume the best, restore gently, release bitterness, and you might be right, but is it loving? And we think those are the ways to conduct yourself in such a way that you show the people around you love and honor. Because really, to show others honor is to show them love and vice versa. Right, yeah. I can honor people I disagree with. And that's one of the yeah. things in the world right now. The world's the world's crazy. We know it. Like we don't always agree with everybody. The Bible definitely gives us a, a a blueprint to live our lives, which puts us at odds with other blueprints that are in the culture right now. But you can still honor people who, who their blueprints different. And it doesn't mean you have to agree. Like I don't agree with people with different blueprints of how to live, but I can still believe that they're humans and worthy of honor and respect, even though I may be diametrically opposed to their lifestyle, their choices. Um, I can do that while still loving people. I think that's where we get confused sometimes that we feel like if we don't agree with somebody, we have to not love them. And I could love people who are lost. Jesus did. And so I think that's the, that's the key to embracing a culture of honor. We can do that even across the aisle in politics. We can do it in our own churches when people are, have differing viewpoints. And, um, you know, we're putting a gym in right now. There's probably a million different viewpoints of what the gym should look like. I mean, not new gym floor, but ultimately I think we, our viewpoint is whatever the company says is the easiest to take care of and clean and looks good is what we're going to go with. <laughs> yeah. Because so, of, yeah. Cause we don't have a full-time custodian. So we're going to so honor the people who put time into yeah. taking care of our gym. Right. Yep. We, we want to like make it easy every, for them. Every aspect of what we do at Heart of Lakes has a, has a, a, a modicum of honor attached to it. Right? Like the idea that every single person that enters our building, goes through our doors, would be honored in some way and leave feeling honored. Because we asked him about having a maize and blue gym, honestly, and he's like, nah, that's really hard to clean. Yeah. So that's too dark. Blue I know. Too, too we got really excited yellow. about that. It was like, go blue. So he's like, do not go with that. It's way too hard to clean that. Yep. So that it looks really window. cool. It would have looked cool. It would have looked sweet. So we decided to go with what honored our yeah. custodians who work really hard in yeah. our church. So, but yeah, I mean that's a good. And assuming that I think one of the biggest things I think I think one of the biggest things when it comes to culture of honor is assuming the best. Yeah, I I think that is so tough for people, especially in our culture, because you're ready to make a snap 
judgment or decision about somebody's character. I think a great example is when people post on Twitter, right? Like no matter what, something can be taken out of context so quickly because our natural assumption is not the best. It's the worst. We're looking for somebody to be diametrically opposed to us instead of with us or try to understand that person's position. Somebody who I think does this really, really, really well is, is Mark Mellinger. Our our our, uh, our, our campus, producer that's over there. Yeah, our right producer, now. he actually does this amazing. I think it's it's incredible to watch Mark assume the best about people because Mark always believes the best in people. Sometimes to his own peril, but like because that that's the truth. When we assume the best, we're taking on the liability that somebody may not have the best intentions, but we can't be held responsible for that. Like mm-hmm. what we can be held responsible for. Like at the end of the day, when I am face to face with Jesus. Jesus isn't going to go. Oh yeah, you were you 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 didn't assume you you assume the best too much. Like that's just not going to happen. It's like it's like you're not going to get there and Jesus goes, "Oh yeah, you gave too much." Or you were too generous or you were too kind. Like that's those things aren't going to happen, right? So it's like we can be held only responsible for how extreme we are in the way that we assume the best and treat people with decency. Yep. And then next, multiply over generosity. Yep. Uh as a as a believers, we are called to be generous. Mm-hmm. We say over generous because, like, being generous, I can give I can give a fiver to anybody. Here's yeah. a fiver. Here, I have five bucks. That's generous. But is that really does that really require anything of me? I mean, everybody's probably got extra five dollars. Yeah, I know. If you're listening to this, you don't. I mean, there's times you don't. I've been at those times too. But for the most part, we can be generous with our time, with our talents, with our treasure. But being generous means we could just scrape the bottom of the barrel of generosity and still feel generous. Well, and it's, We say it's over a, generous. It's, it's, it's us patting ourselves on the back, right? Right. Like, I always think about the guy on the street corner that has the sign. It's like, is giving to him, is giving to him about the kingdom, or is it really about you? Like, yes, is that a good, is that a good merit to stop and give somebody food, to give somebody money? That's great. But is it just so that you can walk away feeling better about yourself, or was that an intentional move to bolster the kingdom? And and what I find a lot of times is it's really just about making yourself feel like you're a good, generous person. Right. When it comes down to it, over generosity typically is something like where it costs, it's a sacrifice. All of these things come down to, it really is a sacrifice. It's saying, oh, this is more important to me than just giving the extra spare change in my, in my truck or in my car. Right. This is something that I'm going to have to plan for. I'm going to have to budget for because like, especially when it comes to money, it's like, this is how much I'm going to give because God has put it on my heart to be overly yeah. generous. And I give a practical example. We do Bible study with men's Bible study every Thursday at 6 a.m. Come, come join us, men. I know it's early. Come anyways. Um, we have a great time and we study for an hour. We go to Callahan's coffee. Now, for me, I don't need to go to Callahan's Coffee to get coffee. We could go to the church and have coffee. We go to Callahan's Coffee to be generous to our local businesses and to a business we're trying to build a relationship with that hopefully will be long-lasting and will speak volumes about the Lord in their lives. And so that's our goal. So we go. I think it's going buying a coffee on a Thursday morning is generous. Like I'm not being over-generous buying coffee. I'm just being generous because I don't have to do that. Now, when I'm standing there to check out and the guy's like, do you want a tip? There's that question of, is tipping generous or am I being over generous or am I being generous enough or is a dollar enough tip on a $6 coffee, which I think is way generous to spend $6 on a cup of coffee that I could get for, you know, 20 cents at home. But like, 
I, I actually ask myself these questions. What is generous? What is What speaks to this person? Because they know we're coming from the church. So then I try to be like, I need a tip to be over generous, even though I feel like I'm coming to be generous to come here. So I like, I wage these battles in my mind all the time. How am I, what am I saying? People know who I am. People know who we are as believers. Like, what are they taking away from the interactions of our generosity? Are they just feeling like, oh yeah, that's what anybody would have done? Or are they like, wow, that person, that person is just generous to a level that's different. And they know that different comes from Christ. I think that's what over generous means. I would agree. I, I think too, like, here's the deal. When it comes to stewardship, when it comes to generosity, I think a lot of times we just think about money, right? Like, and that's, I do think that's, that's a big part of it because money is so, it, it's, it is important to us, whether we like it or not. It's, it's what we have to have to survive, to sustain our life, to take care of our family. But it also comes down to what are you doing to, with people, for people, with your time? Like, are you going and spending time with people? Like there's, I will I'll be honest with you. When Bethany and I, Fina was in the hospital um, for, she was a preemie, right? And she was in the hospital for like six weeks before we could actually bring her home because she was having withdrawals from, from certain drugs that her biological mother had been on. Mm-hmm. And in that time, there were times where we couldn't be there, right? There were volunteers at the hospital who were there from various churches just to sit and hold babies when nobody could be with them. Like those are things, those are things that are overly generous with people's time. Yes. You might, you might, you might love doing it. That doesn't mean it's not overly generous, Right. you might find great joy from doing it. That doesn't mean that it's not overly generous. Like what are you doing with your time to invest in other people as well? I think that's important. I mean, what I'm hearing is I can, I can volunteer at the hospital and hold babies. Yes, exactly. Right. Didn't know that, so I mean, it's not it's not my thing. But if they're out there and you want, to, you're looking for something to do. There's yeah. a there's an opportunity. I mean, so. can you? Imagine? I mean, it was just it was it was cool to us because we were like, wow, we didn't even know people did that. Like, so I but did it's a not good know example. that there were volunteer baby holders. I didn't yeah. know that was a position at the hospital. So, yeah. well, great. Well, that takes us to number five. Remain relevant. And this is a simple one. Um, we believe that Paul is clear in, in Scripture that that he became like the lost in ways to win the lost or like the weak. Uh, and so not, not sinning, but being culturally relevant and scripture says that. And so we believe that our ministry here needs to be culturally relevant to speak into people's lives and today in a way they understand. So that is how we program. We program in a way that is relevant. So what's relevant in, in our culture right now is media, social media, technology, movies, videos, that is the relevancy of today, and so we try to utilize that that cultural relevant uh, language. You know, um, I like to call, say cultural vernacular because it sounds so good. Mm-hmm. We to speak to people. I know that not every church agrees with what what is relevant because they believe there are churches that are still think very traditional services are relevant, and I think they they are to a, to a certain portion of the of a population. But be going back to the introduce people to Jesus Christ. To introduce people to Jesus Christ, you got to introduce people who aren't already introduced. So, which means our relevancy is to find people who are lost, and and, and speak to them in a way that they understand. So that's why we program the way we do. We we try to find ways that people who who are seekers who don't know the Lord understand, and we speak to them in that language. That's that's yeah. Why I mean, I think one of the best compliments we get as a church is like, "Oh, you you guys are pastors," or like, "Oh, this is a church." Like the shock that happens when people come into contact with what we do and they go, we never thought a church 
would 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 reach our interests or would would be something that we would feel comfortable at or something that we would want to go to it's something that like when we talk about relevance it's what what happens when the new person who's never been to church before walks into our midst what what do they walk away with like what do they take with them is it is it man that church really cares about me and loves me and like at somewhere i want to be or do they walk away going like i'm i'm good like that's not the experience i want yep. i mean i didn't want to stop you but i don't think anyone ever walks with me like oh i'm surprised you're a pastor they definitely say i'm surprised they Cody's definitely do yeah, yeah they do <laughs> They do. I'm, 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 I've got piercings. I got tattoos. Like, but the thing about it is, like, Jesus came for everyone. He did. So, like, to be all things to all people, it's it's great when somebody goes, "I can't believe you're a pastor," because it to me it signifies that they're what they believe is acceptable. What they believe they have to be to fit in at church. I'm not like that, and I'm more like something that they would be a part of. Yeah. So we that's why we do what we do. That's why we program. We think we actually think a lot about why we do what we do. We don't just willy nilly say, Oh, we're doing this. It may seem like that to the outsiders, but we well, actually spend a lot crazy, of time right? processing, yeah. a lot of phone calls, conversations, prayer over what we do. I liked how you said on Sunday, we're crazy. And we're never going to not be crazy. Yeah, yeah. So we just have to embrace the fact that we're crazy and the things that we do are going to be different. But that doesn't mean that we do it haphazardly. And we know, I know who we are and we know who we're not. Yep. I think that's the my favorite phrase right now. We know who we are, our legs. We are not a church for everybody. We're okay with that. Mm-hmm. We are a church for the people that God calls here, that this is the place that will be life-changing for them. Yeah, That's who we exist for, here for. I believe people from all different walks of life fit here. I believe people from all different maturity levels fit here. But again, not everybody from every different walk of life and not everybody from every different maturity level fits here. And that's okay. There's a lot of other churches that are great churches that they can go to. But I believe that anybody could fit here. Yeah. yeah. But we, 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 we take on our own unique blend here for sure. Yeah. So that's our vision 2025. And it continues on for two more years. And what we'll do is probably in about a year, we'll start talking about what does the 2030 look like around here? What are we need to do? And, and generally we'll... That'll probably build off where we struggle as a church, where we need to do better and improve, and we'll build a vision that allows us to really focus on that for the future. Um, maybe we'll continue the 2025. I don't know. I mean, it's been a great season of ministry, even in the midst of craziness and COVID. I mean, we started 2025, and we started with COVID. Like, we got this new vision, and and we lived that vision out through COVID, through all the time since COVID, and and we we've been blessed. God's allowed the church to flourish, and so... I feel like um, this is a great vision. It's a simple vision, but yet a profound vision at the same time. And even though it's simple, it sometimes seems very hard for people to, to get and do. Yeah. And so I think that's how we know we're on to something. So. Yeah, absolutely. But that's Vision 2025. We hope you're excited about it. We'll see you next next time on the podcast, and we'll talk more about what's going on. Maybe we'll talk about this little cube here on the, on the table of... Um, versus taken often out of context. Yes. Cube. Yeah. Uh, so is this the out of context? Bible that is cube? the out of context, right? You know, Jeremiah 29, 11. I know, I saw that. Like, <laughs> look at this. There's so many out, like, I know that, delight yeah. in yourself. You delight yourself in the Lord, Psalm 37. Yeah. I think this is the out of context cube here. Probably. Probably. Yeah. Be, Be still. still. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll catch you the next episode. Peace. Peace.